Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me is Rowena Ritchie. She's an Atlantic Fellow for Equity in Brain Health. And I also heard about her because she is a Gen to Gen Innovation Fellow and co-creator of For You. She's launching a creative movement of art making as gift giving between artists and elders. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I was so inspired when I heard about you um, through the Encore.org program. How, how did you get involved in that? Wonderfully enough, uh, Janet O, oh, who um, is the uh, okay, I'm not going to get her title is she the right. Director? Is she the director of innovation? I or, think so. Okay. Well, she's awesome. And she co-leads the GIF, the Gen to Gen Innovation Fellowship with yes. Eunice Nichols and had read an article in the San Francisco Chronicle about our project, Artists and Elders, and reached out to us and said they were looking for more artists, particularly for the GIF or, or the GIF fellowship, and would mm -hmm. we apply? So we did, and subsequently were um, rewarded with this wonderful nine-month fellowship. Amazing. What has it been like so far? Um, it's been wonderful. It introduced me to a number of powerhouse intergenerational leaders. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, um, entrepreneurs and, uh, just an incredible cross-section of people working in the intergenerational arena with very different approaches, um, from, uh, a kind of spiritual toolkit to thinking about co-housing, more social justice situations to a radio program. Alex Owens does this wonderful Be Loud program, giving mics to kids and older people. Oh, I love um, that. It's, he's one of, uh, his project is one of my favorites. As an artist, it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, really, it made me, you know, feel... Uh, I guess what I want to say is entering into it, I knew that our project worked in an intergenerational plane, but that wasn't front and center. It wasn't a mission-driven project. Inter inter intergenerational work wasn't our mission. Okay. But on completing the fellowship now, I am an advocate for intergenerational work. It makes so much sense to me why we need this bridge, why we need uh, to, I, I loved this expression they used in that, in the Encore Summit, the wisdom of the youth and the curiosity of the olders. I love that. Right. And I feel, um, I'm just, I'm just noticing my own behavior reflecting that call that mm -hmm. I, you know, in a, in an opportunity where there are mixed generations, I find, you know, I go out of my way. I put effort into conversations with older people and conversations with younger and trying really to bring my, I have teenagers, my teenagers into the mix when I'm com conversing with older people and um, just, just leveling that, uh, uh, leveling the uh, playing field for enrichment between yes. generations. Yes. And one of the things I had mentioned to you, because I've been part of the, the Age Boom Academy Fellowship, 
reading the research on how we have this generation of teens and college age students who are so depressed and socially isolated yeah. and they're just having a tremendously hard time. That's an understatement. And then you have older adults that are going through the same thing, but the magic happens when you bring them together, you know, that I, I actually call it the grandparent effect. You know, some people don't have grandparents. And when you, you get to interact with somebody who's older and wiser and has these really interesting experiences it's a it's an amazing you know conversation. Absolutely, yeah. You know, were you close to your grandparents? I was. I'm Rowena, named after Rowena, my grandmother, and Aww. my great grandmother was Rowena also, and we were really close. Very different, mm-hmm. um, sort of yin yang, but really close. And then that's my maternal grandmother and my paternal grandparents. Yeah, I was really blessed. They, I was well into adulthood before they passed. They lived, had good genes and lived into their nineties. So that was, yeah, they were instrumental in my development, I would say. Um, And, you know, we had kids later. So my kids haven't had as much uh, Mm -hmm. opportunity. My kids' grandparents have, you know, they have one grandfather and one grandmother left, which is wonderful, but um, uh, not as close in proximity, not as much um, connecting that way. So yes, now I'm trying to get surrogate grandparents for them. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> because you know there are people that are very lonely that haven't seen their families. I mean, we pushed older people aside for the sake of their health and safety, but we've made things worse. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's so intense. We've been talking a lot about risk, um, especially as we're reopening, Janine, like the, the, you know, will, for some people, the throwing caution to the wind and taking the risk is worth it for some social contact, for some ability to be intimate with people again. And health. Mental health has been huge. And our Artists and Elders Project, um, so we pair an artist with an elder. And in, in the early stages, the artists that we knew were our peers um, and they were out of work. So the, it, it was it developed out of the pandemic. And we what we really wanted to do was both sort of give these micro commissions and a little bit of work. Um, to our artists' friends whose, mm-hmm. you know, professional lives had suddenly evaporated. Um, and like you were saying, that the, the artists were equally um, stricken by isolation, by this sense of, of aimlessness, by having yeah. all of this energy and nowhere to put it. So, yeah. so trying to create opportunities for connection around what people were feeling. And in many cases, the olders in our projects were comforting the younger people because they had the life experience of living through typhoid or other yes. kinds of, of, of health crises or you know global crises and could bring the perspective of your, we're gonna get through this to the yes. youngers. I have done a lot of reflecting myself during the pandemic about how like, what have my coping skills been all my life for dealing with loneliness and depression and isolation? And going back from my childhood, I always leaned on these creative things. I would either make up or my grandmother taught me to sew. And I was 
a lousy sewer. <laughs> like I remember going home and trying to make a vest and it was like lopsided, but I proudly wore that vest around my New York apartment. And then one other thing I'll tell you is, and I don't know if you've ever done this. I took a basin of water. I was nine. I don't know why I was playing with matches, a basin of water <laughs> and candles. And I was dripping the candle wax into the water and I would connect it. And then I would take different colored candles. You've never done this. You no, know. but what an awesome project. You got to do this. So you connect the drips and you can make shapes or you can make your own design, but it was, and then you take it out and the, the backside is all bubbly. Oh my gosh. It was really cool. I don't yeah. know how I thought of this. I think it was by mistake. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Wait, and did what, how did your grandparents endorse you doing this? No, I made it up myself. Wow. Uh, Which is a little frightening for a little girl staying home alone in an apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. I often think of, I think it was um, Jane Goodall tells a great story about her we use this in our, my husband and I, when we have, when the kids are doing something crazy like this, Jane Goodall tells a story about running out into a hen house all day and waiting for a hen to lay an egg. And her mom, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, her mom had no idea where she was. And finally she came back and her mom's response was like, good for you. You know, not what the heck, where were you? You scared the, you know, (laughs) just like mama, I saw this and good for you. And so really trying to, to embrace that kind of creativity that you were expressing. That's wonderful. Try that project. It's really cool. I'll, I'll make something and I'll take a picture and show it to you. Yes, do. So where does your creativity come from? Have you, were you like me as a little girl, like always making and creating? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? There's a, um, I guess, mostly a blessing. I mean, I kind of wildly um, interested in making and creating. I, I, I grew up in a, in a very artistic, supportive household. My mom taught creative movement, uh, and that was sort of my daycare as mm-hmm. a kid, you know, and, and also kind of amazingly, I grew up in a very, uh, I don't, okay, no offense, vanilla town in Michigan called Midlands that had um, some culture centers, even though it's not really a suburb of any place. Um, And so really blessed to have a lot of opportunities to be creative um, in a sort of devising way. I I grew up as a dancer, but not in the sort of tap ballet jazz world. It was much more like makeup, create your own movements, write poetry to go with your dance, um, create your own costume kind of stuff. So just very, um, it's so energizing for me to be creative. It feeds me in this way. And I've really considered myself an interdisciplinary artist for a long time because I can't choose one. I love drawing. I love writing. I love movement and theater. And that's where I've spent most of my time is making um, dances and um, yeah, I went to college and got a bachelor of fine arts in dance and then a master's degree in creative inquiry. So it's been my pathway. Um, and, and then my bread and butter sort of became working with older people. I got really interested. I did the preschool or the younger thing for a while, working with younger kids. And just, I don't know, I started volunteering in a, um, a senior center and just found the sort of 
that that curiosity of the old that we were describing yes. was was really um, nurturing me. At the same time, I uh, had been spending some time with my grandparents. My grandfather had a stroke and passed away, mm. but got to hang out with him and just saw that I had sort of a vocation or a calling to to hang out with older people who needed a lot of company and had a lot of time, right? The retired set that was sort of like needed more ways to be busy. But you have Um, an empathetic heart. I do. I love learning from people. I love hearing their stories. I love stories, I guess. And that, that, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm genuinely curious. That's good. That's good. Thank you. It's a great attribute to have curious and creative. Yep. You know, yeah. It served me well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I got into the Atlantic fellowship for equity and brain health was by, um, so I actually taught in the, um, older adult department of our, of San Francisco's, um, city college and, uh, worked, um, you know, did a lot of creative movement and sort of movement based classes. And then I worked in the, um, assisted living sector and and eventually in memory care, um, where I thought there was incredible opportunities for creativity with that kind of novelty uh, that Alzheimer's can present, right? That yeah. that sort of beginner's mind um, and something really really profoundly creative about that space. So that uh, so I applied for the Atlantic Fellowship and had this really transformative year at the, what they call the Global Brain Health Institute at the University of California, San Francisco, with fellows from all over the world working, uh, you know, for at different areas of, um, with aging and dementia, like looking at, at, you know, for the fellows like myself, who are artists that are artists or from the humanities, really like shifting the narrative, shifting the narrative around ageism, shifting the narrative around dementia that, you know, we don't need to necessarily remove people. Um, right. But but how can we really integrate? How can we create like dementia inclusive spaces and really educate people yeah. about what it is so that we're not there's yeah. so much fear. There's so much fear about aging too, which is ironic because it's something that we have in common as right. humans. <laughs> but I think this mindset of ageism really has to start in schools when kids are younger. We have to be role models and teach them to see older adults, you know, as interesting people to get to know, you know? Yes, absolutely. And and that sounds like something that you're doing with this mentorship stuff too, like really, right. Introducing it early on, not seeing, right. Like the the sort of tropes of the older person as, you know, kind of fuzzy and um, incompetent, but yeah, really incredibly skilled. And, and the Encore Fellowship, there are so many um, projects that are pairing older people professionally with younger people, either children or college age students, like really tapping the capacities of both of them. And I was floored. I mean, it's really, really profound uh, to me to think about the resource of the olders in our lives and the ways that we've really siloed them. Um, my mom is a perfect example. I'm, I'm visiting my mom for a couple of days and um, she's, been, she's kept herself really busy working at the Boys and Girls Club and in these various volunteer capacities. And That's um, important. yeah, bringing a lot. Yeah, bringing a lot. Yeah. Because people, and, and this again, this goes back to the research I've discovered in my fellowship, 
you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you, if you think you're old and you're useless and, you know, your ship has sailed, you're going to be depressed. It increases your chances of dementia, right? You're isolated, yeah. you feel devalued. It's terrible. But if you're active and you have meaning and purpose, you know, it's a different story. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was in Mark Friedman's, one of his essays, um, where he, he really sort of unpacks how we got here. And it's, mm-hmm. and I guess from the best intentions, but this way of thinking like older people just need to be with other people like themselves and yes. younger people need to be around younger people that has, I mean, that, that has created such division. And I think we have a lot of repairing to do and, um, and I really saw, Janine, in my fellowship at the Global Brain Health Institute, like some of the developing countries are doing it so much better than we are out of necessity, out of that sort of it takes a village where in, you know, just locally, a family will have several generations in it. And then the grandparents can help with the childcare and this, you know, the, the, the sort of like reciprocal relationships are just more in, uh, engendered in the culture. Whereas yes. here it's so typical for us to move far away from our families. Right. And then all of the, you know, the fallout from that is really significant. And, um, and I just, yeah, I think we just don't see the issues. We don't, we, we unlearn how to be around older people or people that are unlike us. And yeah. how are we, how are we going to, you know, retool ourselves to, to have more empathy, as you said, and, and yeah. just more interest. I just think it's really, I've met so many very, very interesting older people. And I'm, I feel so lucky because I know, you know, they won't be with us forever and they've touched my life and hopefully vice versa. So it's been a gift. It really becomes a gift. (laughs) It's exactly the word. It's a gift. It really is. And even though this project that we run called Artists and Elders, um, as you were sort of introducing it, yes, we, we, we pair the artist and the elder and we, we ask the artist to create a gift for, and sometimes with many of the older people that participate in this are artists themselves. And so they collaborate on something, but the idea of just making a bespoke gift, something that's just for you mm-hmm. and the, and the artist sort of dis, you know, gets a hit on what that could be, that would be meaningful for you. Um, and, and they deliver it. And they've, there've been some incredible pieces. One of my favorite is a time machine. I talk about where the, wow. the, because it was the pandemic, the older was just desperate for travel was really missing going on these cruises and connecting with her friends. And so the artist made a time machine so she could go back in her memory anytime oh. she wanted or, or forward to, you know, post pandemic when we can be together again. So the gifts themselves are, are exquisite, but many of the artists and elders tell us that the real gift was just the conversation was just the connection feeling like there was someone live on the other end of the zoom or the phone where they, you know, had some ability to sort of escape the, the sheltering in place or the quarantine or whatever. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you, what you're doing? Yeah, please, please look at our website. Um, It's, for you.productions. 
And we, we do a lot of work outside of artists and elders, but there's an artists and elders tab on the website. And there are like several projects that, that we would love people to look at from um, a song a day subscription that we had at one point to um, we just did a, we called it the great AAPI elder print off to sort of rate amplify the voices of Asian American Pacific Islander elders. And then all of these artists and elder sort of dyad projects are there too for you dot productions forward slash artists and elders and one last question because my show is called get the funk out (laughs) what do you do when you get into funk oh i love that question i move i'm a mover i dance i uh i happen to live near dolores park which during um shelter in place was like the club Um, It was like an outdoor, you know, venue or place where people were getting the funk out. And there were like, there were mariachi bands, there were speakers, (laughs) and we just, we got funky. We, we moved booty shaking, I would say. Yeah. Just dancing, dancing, hopefully with more people very soon. I'm desperate to dance with people and not just by myself or in my bedroom, (laughs) but it works. It still works. It does work. I have loved this so much. Me too. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to to think back, to think forward, to to meet you and connect. And uh, I really look forward to more. Mm -hmm.